everyone. Welcome to the Sunday Recap. This is Chris McLaughlin here with Mitch Green and Ariel Eldridge. Good morning, people. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, friends. <laughs> Everyone's... Uh, it's a Tuesday that's a Monday. Is it? Yeah. Is. Yeah. Labor Day I mean, was let's yesterday. Let's be honest. Yeah. This is, a, this is why we don't do this on Mondays. <laughs> I, feel really, I feel really confused right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How was your guys weekend? You guys have a good weekend? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was busy. Uh, we went back down to Martinsville, Illinois, where JC's from. Yeah. Uh, family. Came back. Um, I came back Sunday, picked her up on Monday. Yeah. Okay. And then the week was staring me down last night. And Uh-oh. so I was like, okay, I you gotta, got a lot get, going on this gotta week. get a jump on this okay. week. Okay. So. Well, we walked in this morning and you were really like, like stoic, like focused stoic. And I'm like, what's going on with this guy? I got a guy? plan. Don't mess he's it up. He's preaching yeah. this week. He's preaching. <laughs> he's preaching. So. He's, he's got class going on. Classes started. He's got other classes, things going Last on. week was syllabus week, which is like a fake week. Uh-huh. That means that classes really start this week. Jason's birthday, Friday. We got a week. Yeah. And yeah. we got to tackle it. Yeah, it's a lot going on. Yeah. Well, hey, um, before we get rolling into what we're talking about today, um, just a couple quick things. First of all, uh, the Go Together series is going to begin this week. Uh, so, Mitch, you are speaking this Sunday, kind of introducing the Go Together series. Is that right? That's it. it is a this is like the prequel. This yeah. Is the launch the launch party. For yeah. The Go Together. Totally. So. And then women's ministry, men's ministry, and all of the Go Together D groups are starting this week. Um, and so, listen, it's not too late. It's not too late. You know, you're listening. This is coming out Wednesday, so uh, a lot of the stuff happened uh, is happening on Wednesday night. But you can still be a part of it. Um, you could still jump in, uh, even if it's next week. So go well, ahead. We were just saying it's better to show up late to a party than not show up at all. <laughs> That's okay? right. You can be. You can we, be we want late. you there. Yeah. <laughs> like we ordered enough cupcakes for you. We, you know, yeah. ordered enough food for you. There's and cupcakes. The table's set for you. We want you at the party. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Man. Well, go to uh, stonescrossing.com slash go together and there you will find uh, ways for you to jump into any of those environments also do want to let you know too um, you know we uh, just welcomed in a new class of of members Mm -hmm. and we have a membership class that's coming up it's a membership intensive which is uh, all four sessions of membership class crammed into two days it's going to be on friday october 2nd and saturday october 3rd and we want to invite you to be a part of that as well if you've been thinking about joining stones crossing church as a member uh now's the time to do it uh so go ahead and go online to stonescrossing.com new and there you will find a button to become a member and that will get you signed up so hope to see you there Well, all right. This week, uh, Pastor Scott did a um, a standalone message called "Every Thought Captive." It was based on Second Corinthians ten verses one through six. Um, really, what I think what we're going to get to here a little bit is is kind of the idea of sanctification, and we want to we want to walk through that a little bit. Um, so let's start by reading the passage, and then we're going to jump into some of this discussion. So, um, Ariel, would you read the passage? Sure. Cool. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. I beg of you that when I'm present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. 
Awesome. Thank you. So let's just begin here. What exactly is the, is the problem that Paul is addressing here to the Corinthian church? Like if we were to look at this passage and kind of summarize it, is there a, is there a, a specific issue or problem that, that he's seeing and trying to address? Well, it looks to me like there are people within the Corinthian church who um, are either saying and spreading rumors that he is not walking according to the Spirit, yeah. or that he is not um, filled with Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that in, in, at the end of verse 2 there, where he says, like, some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> yeah. thanks verbatim. <laughs> yeah. So what does that mean? Like, um, you know, w- w- if if people are, are accusing him of that, what are they actually accusing him of? Because that's, that's not a phrase that we hear mm-hmm. today very right, often. Right, right, right. In the broad sense, it's like not being led by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then outside of that, it would be okay, not not ha- doing ministry out of the Holy Spirit. I guess would be mm. would be the more direct sense. Yeah. So that Paul's just using his own natural abilities in ministry, and he's not really being led by God. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a serious charge because honestly, you're either being led by God or you're not. Right. You yeah. know, and and mm-hmm. so <laughs> and so to say that you're not being led by God, that you are walking according to the flesh, is actually saying like what you're doing is actually wrong. You know, mm-hmm. so he, so there's people that are coming against him, but look at what he says in verse three. He says, for though we walk in the flesh. So in other words, you know, I've got a fleshly body. Okay. We're not waging war according to the flesh. We're not, we're not fighting a, a, a physical battle against mm-hmm. these people. It's a spiritual battle that's going on. So let's, let's maybe get some, some bearings here around like what exactly is a spiritual battle? Um, I think that's something that that we hear a lot of today in, in, uh, in the church, like not just our church, but like in the church universal, we hear that, that concept of like, oh, it's spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. What are we really talking about there? Like what, what is actually happening in a spiritual battle? Well, since the fall, we've had, we've had the seed of the serpent and we've had the seed of, of the woman, right? So we have two lines of like genealogy throughout scripture that mm-hmm. you could follow. Um, and so there is evil in this world. And so evil is always going to be striking the heel of, of, um, what God is calling to, to glorification in the end. And so, um, I, I assume that as we're going along and we're reading scripture and we see that, um, the prince of the air, as they call the enemy, Satan is at work in, in the world. He's doing that right now as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, the same temptations that have happened from the very beginning of time are happening here and now amongst us. The same lies are being spread that God is not enough and he doesn't have our best in mind are yeah. still being spoken. Let's talk about, let's talk about that for a second because you mentioned how the enemy is, is a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's absolutely true. There's so many passages that point to how um, Satan, our enemy, has some sort of power to be able to try to like distract us, to tempt mm-hmm. us, to uh, to try to lead us away from the truth of the knowledge of God is what this is saying. So, mm-hmm. so um, what is then the the tension? Because we also know we also know that our flesh right. like longs for uh, really sin at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Like our heart has been regenerated, but our flesh wants to sin. So. Maybe help us understand the tension between those two. Like, what is the role of the enemy in those things that that like in in our own sin and things like that? And then what is what is the role of the flesh mm-hmm. in that as well? This is so hard because we we are talking about a spiritual battle. Yeah. So, like out front, 
spiritual language is really hard to put like, this is what it looks like around. Mm -hmm. But I, I tend to think that, again, as you said, Chris, the most important thing to understand is what are the powers at play? So there's spirit, there's flesh. And then there's this presence of the enemy, this adversary that we're talking about that are yeah, at work. Yeah, just the evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the evil in, in, the, in the world. And so um, not even in the world, there's spiritual evil at play. So right. so there's a spirit-flesh dichotomy. Um, the spiritual battles are, you know, tend to be the battles of the mind, the things we're thinking about. But then we have these natural fleshly urges, mm-hmm. um, these animalistic desires, as some might say, that like to do things. That was super national yeah, geographic. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> well we, we have, our body has urges to do things that aren't always what's best for our spirit. And those two things can be at war with one another. Right. Yeah. So right. like my, my body may say like, eat another cheeseburger, eat another cheeseburger. I mean, we can get worse and worse with those things, but like that, it can be that, it can be that way. Um, but then also there's this spiritual battle at play with this adversary where there are um, temptation is probably the right word where we can be tempted um, and those urges that we have can almost be abused. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. like we were talking about two weeks ago with racism, um, there's this inward turning of saying that, you know, they're the enemy, they're the enemy, they're the enemy. You know, this other person, this other people group, this other party, political party. But what we're negating in that case is that there's a spiritual battle at play. Right. And that the evil, that that the adversary may actually be using that battle, you know, that that urge to point towards someone else and blame them and say, we're not the problem, to create an even bigger problem here on earth. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just, I think there's a tension between jumping into two sides. And we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. There's one group in the church that everything's the devil's fault. You know, everything is like, this is, oh, that's the devil. Like, mm-hmm. that's, right. like, we're just praying, you know, that, like, release COVID and we'll all be free. Like, that's the devil at work, you know, mm-hmm. like something like that. But then there's another side that they kind of deny this presence of evil and everything becomes a physical battle. Yeah. So then it's like, well, no, I just need to, like, work on my mind and I just need to work it out and I need to just trust God more. And I need to, you know, in doing that, they're, they're negating that there's a spiritual battle at play. Everything becomes physical. Yeah, yeah. And so I think what what we're reminded in a sermon more like this that kind of bends more towards this spiritual battle is that this is a part this is a part of this kind of three piece dichotomy in our mm-hmm. faith walk in our sanctification. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of something that we need to be aware of and not just relate every problem back to either a physical urge, you know, because we can know, we can see that we can feel that and not recognize that there's probably something broader going at play yeah. that's spiritual. I think it's important in that conversation to note how the enemy does not have the authority yes. to do to make us do anything. Mm-hmm. We've been given we we have been given the ability to um, <laughs> to choose what we're going to do. Okay, mm-hmm. however. Um, there, there's some caveats with that, which we can get into. I mean, I think Romans chapter six is probably the best place to look because if we are outside of Christ, if we're not Christians, we're actually what's called slaves to sin. Okay, so so yes. so there's that going on. But I think what what Paul's addressing here is Christians. Okay, and as Christians, we are not under the power of the devil at all. Now he can tempt us, mm-hmm. right? But then our flesh is the thing that then buys it. Our, our flesh is the thing that says, like, yes, mm-hmm. I want that. Okay, so each of those, you know, the 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 enemy and our flesh each has a role to play. Then, which ultimately produces sin, mm-hmm. you know, or the actions that we do against God, um, and whatnot. So, so what what I think is is fascinating here. So, Mitch, you said that this is 
really what we're talking about here is sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, help us understand this word. Maybe maybe if we compose it in contrast to justification, maybe we can talk about that just for a minute. Help mm-hmm. us understand. Well, if I go back to episode three, I believe we referred to it as the lifelong process of righteous formation. <laughs> what? And I think that's a pretty good definition. That's right. Such a good memory. <laughs> How do you remember that? Because I, we'll I say it all the time. When so, I don't even know what episode that was. I just yep. said three, but that sounds about right. But legitimately, that is a great <laughs> definition. Ariel Eldridge for the win. <laughs> also, once used as a filler for just the word yeah, sanctification. Yeah. So say that again, because I want. I want to. Actually, Ariel, why don't you say it? There I don't goes. remember. I think. <laughs> the lifelong process of righteous formation. There, there you go. go. Yeah. There you go. That's really good. Oh my goodness. That's really good. Now, now, how is that different than justification? Well, justification is something that is given to us by grace and is done solely through the work of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no way we can justify ourselves in any way um, Mm -hmm. or even partner in the justification process. That's Christ's work. Sanctification, however, is something that is a lifelong process of walking out our our salvation. And so it's a partnership with the Holy Spirit um, of living out that lifelong righteous formation of God changing us into the image of his son. Yeah. Growing and growing and looking more like Christ. Yeah. 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 So one is, so where justification maybe is identity, right? Uh, Like, like there's a complete change in our identity. I like Um, standing, but yeah, identity is great too, but like, it's like a standing before God. Mm -hmm. And then sanctification then becomes more the outworking of that. How are we, how are we looking more like the identity that we have? Right. Right. Or, or living out the standing that we have. Which which kind of comes back to this temptation piece um, that we're talking about, you know, with this battle in your mind. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're in Christ, so walk in that new identity. Mm-hmm. But yet, like many people, many people that are justified before before God will spend the rest of their lives not growing and living more like him, not, not sitting in the peace that the Spirit offers, but diving into the ways of the flesh. Yes. And yeah. so that's why it's like, it's, it's such an important conversation. Um, one of my, well, there's an author who's really popular right now. Again, I told you a couple weeks ago, if I don't say the name of the author, that's because I'm not for sure that everybody likes him yet, but um, <laughs> he has a book a and he, he says that this is why we see so many 80 um, year old Christians, 80, 90 year old Christians that are either some of the most beautiful people in the world, or they're some of the worst people in the world. They're some mm. of the angriest, most bitter, frustrated, mad at life people in the world. Sure. And he's like, a lot of it comes down to, okay, at one point in their life, did they say, okay, now I'm in Christ, I sit justified, but I'm not going to grow in Christ-likeness, mm-hmm. or <laughs> I'm just going to kind of sit with the standing and never, never grow in knowledge before God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's, he's like, he's like, I, I mean, you can't put that a one-to-one, no, but I'm like, no, that, like, that makes sense to me. Like, I see some beautiful, faithful people, and then I see some people that I'm like, oh man, you're just so angry and bitter all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't make it a blanket statement, yeah. but I think that you could say... That's why if you I gave two pockets. Someone, I'm not telling yeah. you what you are. I mean... If you see someone who's that <laughs> that age and they're so beautiful in their mm-hmm. walk with Christ, you know why. It's Ask because them. they've... They've been walking. I bet I, I would I would put um, money on that they would tell you that they've sp- spent time in the Word daily in their life. Sure. Yeah. That they've yeah. had these they've they've been growing in Christ likeness throughout their life. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's that's just what I tend to tend to seems to be the common denominator. And I think it tends to come with like, and we may be getting off too far, but if you notice someone who suffers well, that is mm-hmm. someone who has indoctrinated themselves their whole life to believe what the word says of God and what he's revealed himself. And so therefore they now, um, they suffer according to what they have been feeding themselves Mm. the whole time Mm. instead of looking to um, last minute binge. Yeah. So, so let me bring it back to the now 
because I know yeah. I, I'm, 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 I like sure. I that that's the picture of like I guess it's like a tale of two lives forward. Yeah, in, you know, sure. with justification justification in Christ, like yeah. that. That's kind of what we're saying. But to bring it back to the now piece of it, it's like okay, so we find ourselves in this COVID season you know, where many people are home, uh, more people are home than, you know, I still come to the church. So, so for me, it's like, I'm not as used to it, but I talk to people that like, they're just at home with their thoughts all day long. Yeah. And so they're sitting in a world, um, where they are left alone more than ever with their thoughts. And, um, there's, I think there's a tendency for some that they're just diving into their work. You know, they're working more than they ever have Mm because they're not just going like, let me replace my commute hours. They're going, let me just add those hours to my work day. And they are so left with their thoughts that it's like, I think the hope for this message from Sunday is to say, okay, let's address what's going on with your thought life in mm-hmm. this area. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you um, taking, you know, this stronghold kind of component? Have you let your thoughts go? You know, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, but it's like, you know, for me, it was, I think it was Psalm 23, but it was like, have, have you taken your thought life and have you submitted it before God? and said, God, like, I'm going to trust you in this area, or are you letting your thoughts just kind of go everywhere with the wind (laughs) and and be so changing? And so that's why I think this relates to this battle of spirit flesh um, in this component of the adversary. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what I think was, what was happening in the original context here that Paul is writing. So uh, one of the commentators that I read on this, um, he was talking about how there's a really strong case that the Corinthian church had people that were speaking into the church and telling them that Jesus was not Lord. They were trying to they were trying to convince them that he was actually not God. And there were people that were believing this. So 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 what Paul is arguing here for is a it's a spiritual war. It's a battle for their faith itself. Mm-hmm. Like, are they believing the right things <laughs> at the end of the day? And um, and then he this is what he how he says it. He says, you know, uh, back at verse three, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So so he's he, you can see there what, what he's actually attacking He's attacking arguments. Mm-hmm. He's attacking these opinions. He's attacking these. Honestly, it's these ideas that that that, that he's going after, and he's doing so very strategically with these um, spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual weapons. So, so let's let's bring that into into mm-hmm. today's context again. So, so people are at home. They're there with their thoughts. What are the things that are going on in our world today that? Are these opinions and arguments being raised against the knowledge of God mm-hmm. uh, in our lives? I'd say they're legion. There's so many things going on, <laughs> right? And um, it, we'd probably be better off to just talk about how to combat them. Because... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think we could start with a million ways. And this, like you said, this Luke, this list will not be um, all inclusive. It won't. It won't say everything. Yeah, just but, a few examples. But just to can... like, just to start, you know, to place myself in a scenario where I can see this in my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you're sitting, you're looking at an, an issue in the world. 
um, because that's all we, that's all we do. You know, that's that's Facebook. You know, with social platform now it's like an issue platform, but it's yeah. like that's everything. Everything's becoming about these four or five issues in the world, and so let's pick one of them. Um, for me personally, I can walk back to talk about when COVID first came about and we're shutting everything down. Mm-hmm. You know, so it becomes okay. Um, I start to see that things are being shut down and I start to look at other areas, um, other people, other leaders, and I consider them to be the expert slash the Lord over whatever this is. In that scenario, I've now taken this truth about Christ is Lord and I've replaced someone else in that, in that spot. So Mm -hmm. it either can be like the facts, the numbers, the expert, you know, the political leader, the voice on whatever news station I like, and now they've became my voice. Mm -hmm. They became what I've bought into, what I've listened to. Um, And now they have authority over that area where I've denied kind of Christ as the ultimate authority over that, at least practically. Mm -hmm. Like if you would evaluate me, you would say that's the case. Okay, then you go one step farther and you start to say, okay, well, it becomes time, health, what vitamins am I taking? What are, you know, sure. you're trying to control all these things. And now it's kind of this fleshly piece of like, can I manage this? Cause I'm, I want to have control over this yeah. where you're denying the control that you really don't have. Um, and so I think that that becomes, um, that in this season, we're more tempted to do those things. So I see people with their work, they're like, well, you know, I have a job, so I just got to get after it. You know, and then they're working double what they were working before. Yeah, yeah. With no social interaction, they're not going anywhere. And it's like, okay, what is, like, if you stepped back and you looked at your life and you were just evaluating it based off of these principles, like mm-hmm. what what thoughts, what ideas have you bought into in this season um, that maybe go against the truth of mm-hmm. the gospel? Yeah. And then you say, okay, I need to take those things back. Yeah. Like I need to remember this truth. I think that's step one in the practical side is reminding yourself of Christ as Lord over yeah. these things. And then it's saying, okay, what do I need to do to kind of weed myself off of yeah. these, of these, you know, things that I've fully dove into in this season. So what you're saying and how this correlates to the passage is basically we're taking the world at face value oftentimes during our daily life. And we are seeing everything that goes on in the world around us as a as a battle of the flesh. We may be walking according to the flesh. Wa- yeah, yeah. And forgetting the the bigger piece of what is at hand and what the ultimate goal is. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I, I don't know if it's because I do, you know, preach from time to time or not. But when I'm listening to a like a pastor, like preaching, a preacher, I don't know, I didn't just say that. <laughs> when I'm listening to a preacher, I often, my first thought is like, why are they talking about this? Like, why are we doing this right now? Uh-huh. And I almost think the why is bigger than the message itself. Because if you try to address everything that's going on in one season, which I've done that, like mm-hmm. I've tried to be like, let's talk about everything. Like yeah, we're going to yeah. do, we're going to talk about like everything that's going on in the world today. And it's like, you can't do that effectively. But when I think about, okay, why would Pastor Scott have a one week sermon where he's talking about how to, you know, address, um, take every thought captive. I'm like, well, because a lot of people like their thought life is like, all they have right now. <laughs> like, That's true. Yeah. Like they're sitting there by themselves in their heads yeah. thinking. And we each have um, we each have a natural tendency, this is not a blame game, that we dive into certain areas of our life and we let them take strongholds, we let them take over us. So yeah. for some people in this season, it's like, man, food has been their crutch 
For other people, it's been there's a there's a political voice that that's been their crutch. Yeah. You know, for other people, it may be a talk show or it may be a statistic or it may be, you know, you go all the way to point to like conspiracy theories that make us maybe feel more comfortable because we have a better idea of what we think about what's going on. Sure. And sure. I think we have to remind ourselves that, hey, our thought life, like there's a spiritual battle at play and Christ is Lord. Mm-hmm. Over all of these things, yeah. and so have our have we let our thoughts drift away from a posture that is Christ is Lord, God is in control. Mm-hmm. How does the gospel speak into those things? And so that's all. Like before we even get to like, what are we actually saying to do? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's important when we're talking Be- about. Well, it. and I think it's important because that answering that question actually helps you with step one that, t- that Scott talked about, and that's identifying what those things are, like identifying the specific thoughts that you're having. So like you might be in a situation where you're at home and you be able to say like, okay, you know, this is the thought that I'm having. Where am I getting this from? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's from, you know, watching this, this show or this newscaster, mm-hmm. or maybe it's from social media, or maybe it's just from me just sitting, sitting at home. And I'm just like thinking this, mm-hmm. having these doubts, having these questions, um, that, and, and so, identifying the origin or, or identifying that the specific thought, knowing the origin of it, mm-hmm. I think is really helpful. Where did that thought come from? And, and I think, um, uh, uh, one of the things that Scott said too, is, is, is then taking that and asking yourself, is this thought really congruent with scripture? Yeah. So, so you want to, you want to begin there. Um, so I, I think that's really important. Now let's talk about the weapons. Verse four says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So, so what is he talking about when he says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh? What, what are the weapons of this spiritual warfare? Scott talked about the word um, mm-hmm. and replacing those thoughts that we have with the word of God, um, scripture, specific scripture. Yeah. Yeah. How do we use scripture then is, as a weapon in, the mm-hmm. war, in, in warfare? Um, well, as an example, like if you're struggling with fear, um, I had a friend one time who asked me, you know, what can I be praying at night when I wake up? Because I have these, um, these terror dreams, you know, these nightmares, how can I be, um, encouraged in the middle of the night, I guess, whenever I'm fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we look at scripture, we find scripture that can, that can replace the fear with the, the truth about God and his character um, and what that means for us, that we have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 the first thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this is um, really just looking back at like Deuteronomy chapter 6 and this practice that's given um, in the Shema that, you know, it's binded on your hearts, painted on your doorpost. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the reason that we do those things is because we're preparing for, you know, like, like they need to be daily reminders that, that come before us. I'm, I'm one of those people that I have scripture all through my, out my house. And I, and I did that when I was a single dude, like that wasn't like, yeah. you know, just some cool way to be like HGTV artsy. Which by the like, way, ladies, if you head into a guy's house yeah. and you're looking for a husband, there's a good, it's a good marker. But there. it, a good it, marker. there's a part of it where it can just be artsy and, you know, it can be like that it's not a reminder, but for mm-hmm. me, you know, I'll put certain passages of scripture scripture. Um, I'll even put certain hymns in certain places where I need those reminders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think you're doing is like you're adding, hey, like I don't like using phrases, but you're adding tools to your tool belt for later. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they, you know, I can't tell you the times that it, you know, in seasons we've been in, even in our, you know, few years of marriage where we've been like, put that script, open that Bible and sit it on the 
you know, let's sit it in between our, you know, two sinks and let's put sticky notes on the mirror. Mm -hmm. And, and what we're doing is, I mean, it's that binding it on the heart. It's the painting it on the doorpost. It's that reminding it. So it's what comes to your mind. Yeah. It's what, it's what replaces that thing when it's on the forefront of your mind, you know, that whatever you're going through, you now have, you know, something else to draw from. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, I keep talking about not liking analogies, but when the well's dry, like it's like, and you've got nothing to go to, Yeah, you know? So that's why I think it's so important to be in the word because those things will just come to your mind. You know, just a couple other practical things that I think might be important for us as we're, as we're looking at doing this successfully. Um, the first thing is, is I, I think you want to find scripture that maybe addresses the particular doubt or thing that you are dealing with. Okay. So, so having those passages mm. um, uh, memorized, and, and or, or like you're saying, like posting them around your house, uh, putting them on as your screensaver or your background or, you know, things like that. Have them readily available, I think, is really important. I think you also want to have passages that um, affirm your Christian identity. So, so ones that bring you back to the reality that you have been justified by faith and, that, and, 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 and that you are holding on to that reality. It's so critical that we begin there. Um, I think a great verse too to to remember when you're when we're dealing with the battle of the mind is Philippians four eight. Okay, so the, this is the one that says, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things." Mm-hmm. Um, He's, he's giving us a very emphatic command here. This is Paul in Philippians, but he's giving us a command. He's saying like, look, why would you put your mind on things that are not good? Like mm-hmm. put your mind on good things. Um, and, then, uh, and then ultimately you want to evaluate every, every thought in the light of God's word. Um, so, you know, when something pops into your mind, you're feeling maybe a temptation or is this good? Is this bad or whatever? Go back to God's word. God's word is the standard that helps us to understand these things. Now, um, what really one last thing before, before we close on this, because I think this is critical. Why does this only work if we're already a Christian? Well, you talked about um, keeping in mind our identity. And so um, one of the passages I like is Romans eight sixteen. It says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of, Christ, of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Um, and it goes on and finishes. So what this passage is saying is the spirit of God himself bears witness with our spirit, even when we read scripture because of who we are in Christ. Um, and so we are illuminated to God's word because of that spirit dwelling inside of us. Yeah, yeah. God's word is illuminated to us. So, yes, so we, yes. we can understand it, but we can only understand it because we have the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's nonsense to us, actually. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. It says um, the world believes it's, it's folly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we need the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I, I think another another thing in this is that we need the Holy Spirit because he actually transforms our desires and, yeah. and transforms our heart. So like one of the, the, the way that Scott began this, this sermon, he asked the question, um, basically, where do you want to be spiritually? What are your spiritual goals? But the funny thing about that question is that question really only works if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. because if you're not a Christian, um, it could be all over the place. <laughs> um, but if you are a Christian, what God is doing is he's actually giving you the desires to love him and obey him. Um, uh, you know, there's a number of passages on this, like Hebrews 11:6 6 says, uh, without faith, 
it is impossible to please God. So, so the issue there is if you're not a Christian, you cannot do anything to please God. You, you really can't because there's no faith involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 8, 6 through 8 says the same thing. I think another great passage on this is Psalm 37, verse 4. Now, people misquote this one all the time, actually, but, but listen to what it says. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not saying he's going to give you everything that your heart desires. He's going to give you that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the big house and the truck and the yada, yada, yada. He's not going to do all that. What he's saying here is he says, you, if you, as you delight yourself in the Lord, he's actually going to give you the desires. Like the mm -hmm. things that you desire are going to be implanted into your heart by God. And those things that you desire are going to be good and right. So we can't even desire to have good spiritual goals without the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, so, so that's, it's so critical that we are Christians in order to actually do this. Um, I want to read one more little quote too from Burkhoff because Oh, man, he's so good. So, um, so he's talking about <laughs> sanctification and uh, and the work of the Spirit here. And 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 this is what he says. He says it is particularly important <laughs> in our day to stress the fact that God and not man is the author of sanctification, especially in view of the activism that is such a characteristic feature of American religious life and which glorifies the work of man rather than the grace of God. It is necessary to stress the, uh, to stress the fact over and over again that sanctification is the fruit of justification, mm -hmm. that the former is simply impossible without the latter, and that both are the fruits of the grace of God in the redemption of sinners. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sanctification is something that is, you know, it's something that we cooperate with God in, okay? Mm -hmm but we can't even cooperate in it without God's help. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, that's what Burkhoff is here is trying to say. So, yeah, I just think what, what a good picture of, you know, what does that look like? Well, it's delighting in the Lord. It's abiding mm -hmm. as we see in John, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's this, it's this sitting before God and, and living out these truths that have already been placed on us. Yeah. And then it's like, then we receive, you know, the change in our thought life that maybe we desire or it changes, but that change happens through indirection. It's not, it, the change doesn't happen <laughs> by saying, let me take my thought life captive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sitting mm -hmm. before God. I'm delighting in him and watching um, God take over. Yeah. Yeah. He'll help you in that. So let's go back a little bit and answer the question, what is a stronghold? Oh, yeah. So um, strongholds, you know, th that's one of those like Christian words that I think that we hear a lot. It's, and it's like, what, what exactly are we talking about here? Um, I, I liked this definition. This was uh, from a commentary that I read by a guy named Sam Storms on 2 Corinthians. And he says it this way. He says, a stronghold is a mindset, a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept as unchangeable something we know is contrary to God's will. Ooh, that yeah. is a good definition. Yeah. And so, you know, when you unpack that a little bit, you get this idea of like, you know, he's uh, saying it's a mindset. So it, so it's a complete worldview. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way that you're thinking about the world and everything that's in it. And it's got this, this element of hopelessness mm -hmm. and that we are accepting um, we're accepting something that is that is against the word of God. Um, that's causing this despair and causing this hopelessness, um, and it becomes cyclical almost. Like like it's it almost seems impossible. How can I get out of this? And well, the answer 
the answer then is <laughs> this winning the, the the battle of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's, it's going. It's the power of yeah. the spirit that isn't it isn't of ourselves. It's the spirit yeah. and the word of God. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. We said a lot of stuff today. A lot of theology. A lot of a lot of deep stuff. But this is you know this is the, one of the things that I think is um, is so cool about theology is that theology can be and really is the most practical thing that we can put our minds to. Um, you guys, if you want to learn more about um, how to start learning theology <laughs> or, or how to start digging into some of this stuff, because because it can be so helpful to us. Or even if you're just wanting to say like, all right, well, where can I find some good verses on this thing that I'm struggling with in my mind? Reach out to us. We would love to help you. <laughs> we would love to talk with you about it and give you some good ideas and good passages to deal with. Um, I would say too, that is um, really one of the core things that our biblical counseling ministry does. Um, you know, you might be in a place where you're like, you know, I would love to talk to someone more in depth about this, you know, I would say go to um, our website and register for biblical counseling. That might be a great step for you to take in helping to win this um, this battle that you're dealing with right now. So, hey, thanks for listening today. Uh, we got a lot going on coming up next week with the Go Together series. Seven weeks, we're going to be in Philippians. I don't know where you're, where, Mitch, where are you going to be next week? Romans, Romans. chapter 10. So it's going to be like the introductory yeah, yeah, thing yeah, on yeah. this. So mm-hmm. awesome. And I love that passage about too. about feet. Feet. <laughs> okay. Beautiful feet. <laughs> so tune in next week for feet here on the Sunday recap. <laughs> <laughs>